0: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging.
1: This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the sunny, beautiful, glorious city of uh, Los Angeles, California. Hope you're having a great day. Man, do we have a good show for you. Uh, The All Ball Podcast is up. It is hot. Um, My man, Coach Nick, joins us. Uh, We repurposed that Brett Brown interview that we brought you yesterday uh, from his car, which he was nicely signaling left uh, in the turn lane. Uh, Brett Brown, coach of the 76ers. And Evan Daniels, who covers college hoops and recruiting for Fox Sports on the All Ball podcast. Live on terrestrial or satellite radio, your iHeartRadio app, over the next three hours. Just tune in, and we got great, great football, basketball, and And baseball. I think we're the only national show that actually understands baseball exists. I got a great and interesting baseball topic an admission of, I guess, guilt from a star in baseball. Mike Socha is going to join us in two hours and 20 minutes. Uh, Showtime was no time last night as as the uh, crashing regression towards the mean happened for Shohei Otani at the Big A. We'll get to the Angels skipper. A uh, remarkable start for the Halos. That's in an hour, two hours and 20 minutes. But we got hoops. Jared Dudley joins us in about 15 minutes. Baron Davis is going to join us as well. Uh, I'll get you ready for tonight's game. React to last night's games as well. And then we got football for you. The only guy, the only guy in the entire world to coach Case Keenum, Johnny Manziel, Davis Webb, Pat Mahomes, and Baker Mayfield. And oh yeah by the way he played in the Nashville League. Cliff Kingsbury, head coach of Texas Tech is going to join us in an hour. And like look, I don't I don't pre-interview guys, but in texting back and forth with Cliff, I'm like, look, uh, you know, uh, you if you want to talk about your spring game cool. Everyone wants to know about these quarterbacks and who knows them better than you. He was the guy who I remember I was interviewing him, he had just gotten the job at Tech and he told me that I said, what, what do you think about Menzel? And he said, and on air, he's like, look, if he if he works hard, he starts to work hard in the film room, he can be a great player. And I was like, oh, starts to work hard, meaning he didn't work hard. I just planned this. Anyway, he's got the honesty bug. He'll join us in one hour head coach of the uh, Red Raiders of Texas Tech. Uh, so we, look, we got a great show for you today. L- let's start with this. The, the tweet came out. I don't know what time, I don't even know the time stamping on the tweet. But I was, I was watch. I was on Twitter when I woke up this morning and Adam Schefter tweeted out something which just struck me as odd. Adam Schefter has seven million followers. Seven million followers. So when he tweeted out uh, that, Tom Brady has still not committed to playing in the 2018 season. You started to go, huh? Now remember he's working against a bunch of things. There's the Tom versus time. Do I, I think there was the chance there's a chance that Tom should have would have walked away had they won that last Super Bowl, think about it if he doesn't get strip sack fumbled and they're down five, he leads them on a touchdown drive he wins back to back Super Bowls, right like there is no there is no but Elway won back to back Super Bowls left the game, but he wasn't nearly at his peak um. Brady has shown signs of weakness. You even go to the, I mean, look, I, the the comeback versus Atlanta, I point this out, first three quarters of that game, he was not good. He was rather bad, actually. Rather bad. But the, would he have walked away? They, none of them, oh, no, I'm not to say none of them. Like when Peyton Manning walked away, he was terrible in the Super Bowl. Um, John Elway's first Super Bowl win actually had the lowest quarterback rating in the history of the Super Bowl for a quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Second Super Bowl, he was a little bit better, but it it was time. Tom Brady's working against the thought of CTE. He's working against his wife saying he had newborn concussions a year ago. She clearly wants him to quit. Clearly wants him to quit. He had this documentary which is you only start to do that when you're thinking about shutting it down. I, I don't trust words, I trust actions, right? That's, that's what, one of the things you, you learn growing up. I don't trust words, I trust actions. And even though his words said, I want to play till I'm 45, his actions were, hey, I'm doing a documentary. I'm letting people in, it's the first time ever. You only do that when it's your swan song. Um. Now, Brady could have told the Patriots this is go- this is potentially it for me and they probably wouldn't have traded Garoppolo. But I read this and I think, look, Tom Brady's coming back to play football. It's a drug. The energy of leading 53 men, 46 on game day, into battle, being the guy in front of the stadium, you just you can't replace it. Plus, the bitterness of having lost your last game is really, really hard for super hyper-competitive guys to get over. But the, the thing of him not fully committing to playing just yet. Um, One source told ESPN, my money would be on him playing football for the foreseeable future, but what goes on away from the football field? I don't know. I don't know. Turns 41 in August. I believe he's going to be there. Another person who knows Brady told ESPN. However, that being said, we're dealing with a human being. Things can change. I do believe he'll be playing. This is what happened at the end of Favre. This is what happens at the end of a lot of guys. In order to get there physically, you got to get there mentally. You got to continue to put yourself in this. All right, I'm going to get my ass kicked for, for five five months straight. I'm going to fully invest in it. It's a lot. Um, I I think of football in many ways as I think of of doing a radio show. I just do. I was having this conversation with my wife an hour and a half ago. She's asking me about summer camp and what do we do with this kid? What do we do with that kid? How much is everything going to cost? but we budget out? And I'm like, look, I have this kind of process of, it's like a two or three hour thing to which I'm piecing together what I want to say, how I want to say it. And as I, as I told you before, Cindy Katz, who books the show and Ryan music who produces the show, they've put together this all-star lineup. So I'm processing what I want to talk about and then how I want to interview uh, these four guests that we have today. The thing about radio, everyone likes to do a radio show to pop on. Hey, I'll, I'll sit in with you for a day. Hey, do you want to do it? 220, 225 days a year? No, thanks. That's a job. I don't want that. Everybody wants to play quarterback for the New England Patriots. Do you want to get up at 6 a.m. every morning, get to facility and watch tape over them? How many different exotic blitzes can you look at? How many times can you get to bed on Saturday night thinking about all these different thoughts, motivating teammates, motivating yourself, making the play, being judged by the world, your greatness based upon one throw, one catch, one first down, one bad spot? It's a lot. It's a job a very well compensated job. But at some point you're like, man, I've won a lot of championships. I've made a lot of money. But I also think that this wouldn't stories like this don't get out there unless Brady wants it out there. It, it, this signifies to me that Tom Brady is in fact, one of the leaks in the Patriots stories about Tom Brady being unhappy uh, with the team. This to me, uh, is some confirmation bias that that Giselle does 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 swing a heavy stick? Like she's like, look, we got more money than we could ever spend. She makes she makes more than he does. He makes a ton of money. They have kids. They have championships. They have everything you could ever want. Like what more do you need? And I'm sure he's thinking, I just want one more championship. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. So I. I, I'm I'm pretty convinced he's coming back. I'm also pretty convinced that just like anybody, he likes to be recruited, he wants to be loved, he wants to make amends, he wants to feel like Belichick wants him back, that he wants Bill Belichick to say, I need you, Tom. And I don't think this would come out if if he was retiring, there wouldn't be this, well, he hasn't been committal about it. There would be he's retiring. This is Brady saying, yeah, I don't know. And then look, it's probably a mistake to come back when you think this is, there's a, if you guys play pickup basketball, you can appreciate this. In pickup basketball, there's always a handful of guys who you get done playing, you know, Hey, let's go last game to 21. You get done and everybody starts, guys start unlacing their shoes, texting their girlfriends, their wives, talking about their plans later in the day. And a couple of guys still have some gas in the tank and they go, Hey, let's, let's run one more, one more game. Who's in one more. We got 10. We need to run one more. And you're the 10th guy and you're like, yeah, you just hit the game winner or maybe you missed the game winner. doesn't matter. You're like, I'm good, but you don't want to let the nine other guys down. And it's one more game to 21, whatever. That's the game you usually get hurt in too. Right, So I'm fascinated by this. I think Brady is one of the leakers. Right, I think he's leaked some of the stuff that he's unhappy. I think he wants to be loved. He wants to be recruited. He wants Giselle to bless him going back for another year. I don't think it's that far-fetched that he would have walked away had they won a Super Bowl. Why else would you be doing a documentary? Remember, they had to reshoot the ending to it. Like, or they had to they had delay before they could release the ending. Why? Because they were planning on winning a Super Bowl and that was going to be the ending. I mean, that's the, the ultimate, uh, you know, fade to black. And now you're like, well, wait a second. Now we got to do another sequel? I and mean, Police Academy was an unbelievable series. Once I got the Police Academy 7, I, I don't is Steve Guttenberg still in it? So... Adam Schefter tweets out Patriots quarterback Tom Brady still not committed to playing in 2008, even though people who know him believe he'll be coming back for another season. And uh, the Patriots have expressed interest in UCLA quarterback Josh Rosen. Those two first round draft picks sitting out there, the thought of drafting a quarterback, the possibility of starting over. Man, this is going to be a great week to have, isn't it? Draft is next Thursday. How how good is this lead up? Do they do they trade up? Do they get Rosen? If they get Rosen, does he retire? If they get Rosen, does he is it that uncomfortable thing that Favre had? Remember Brady's dad once upon a time said I don't think he ends his career as a Patriot. I don't think he goes elsewhere. Still so much to, to try and figure out. By the way, here was Giselle on the final episode of Tom vs. Time. Take a listen.
1: These last two years have been very challenging for
2: him in so many ways. And I think he just want. you know, he, he tells me I love it so much and I just want to go to work and feel appreciated and have fun. Yeah, I just want to have fun. I want to feel appreciated. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb
0: show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the
2: iHeartRadio app. I like when guys are honest, right? That's what we search for. Um, here's Anthony Rizzo of the Chicago Cubs on a Chicago radio station, ESP 1000.
3: I think it's too much baseball, personally. Yes, guys are going to take pay cuts, but are we playing this game for the money or we love the game? I know there's both, but I think in the long run, it'll make everything better. You know, start the season later in the year, ending in October and not November.
2: Like, all of this stuff sounds great. All this stuff sounds great. And by the way, do we know I mean, Anthony Rizzo? Not exactly off to a strong start. Um, but uh, yeah, Anthony Rizzo hitting—he's yeah—he's got the injury. So um, and look, he's gone through a lot emotionally. You know, he's from originally from Parkland, Florida. There's a lot going on there. Um, but let's just get to the statement: like baseball should be shorter, should have a shorter season. They used to play 154, even 100. Like just the idea. I've told that to my son. My my son loves baseball, and he played fall ball. And he plays spring ball, and he was like, "How many how many games do they play in baseball?" Or he, I think he said like, "Hey, Dad, he had like three games in a week last week," and he loves the games. And now once you get to player pitch, uh, and they're pretty good now, right? So it's two hours. It's pretty exciting, and all three games ended in walk offs. All three. But remember for baseball, like for any sport, you get there about an hour early, right? You hit some, you field some, you get loose, you throw some, you get ready for your position. Then you go play and you know, there's starts, there's stops, there's pitching changes, et cetera, et cetera. It's a long three hours long for a little nine year old. And you do that three days in a week, sometimes four days in a week. It's like, man, I, I kind of need a break. And I was like, you still love it? Yeah, I still love it. But I kind of need a break. I was like, do you know how many they play in the major leagues? He's like, no, it's like 162 games. He's like, total in a year. That's a lot of damn baseball. Who thought this was a good idea? Now, this is one of those things that you say. It's like, um, like teachers. I, I remember growing up thinking, man, teacher, what a great gig, right? You don't work for three months of the summer. It's awesome. Awesome. You know, you're you're done at three o'clock. You're not really done at three o'clock. You don't start at eight or eight 30, right? You have to get there. You don't just like show up like school bell rings and like, you're just walking the door like, no, 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 you're there. You got a lesson plan. You got to have stuff graded and you know, teachers life kind of never ends. And oh yeah, by the way, you don't get paid bubkis. And so if I was just to sit here and go like, hey, teachers are ridiculously underpaid and I'm ridiculously overpaid in, com- in comparison, you would nod your head. Is that going to change anything? No. No. I mean, like, look, Anthony Rizzo can, can sit there and say, we should play less games and we should take less money. No one should be making $30 million to play baseball anyway. And they just shouldn't. No one should be making $40 million to play basketball. It just should, like, there's, there's such incredible inequality in our country in terms of what people make based upon what their true value is. But it's it's once you let that genie out of the bottle, once you open Pandora's box, whatever the cliche you want to use is. So I'm not saying Anthony Rizzo is wrong. He's right. Like, just say it out loud. They play 162 games and then they play in the playoffs. They start so early that an outdoor summer game has games postponed because of snow, and then they end in November. Baseball is a summer sport. Players don't want to take less. Owners don't want to make less, and TV companies generally, all these these regional sports networks, The ones that ESPN just bought from Fox, from many of them, they make a ton of money. They make a ton of money, not because everybody watches baseball, because of the volume of games. It's a volume sport. 162 nights, that's a lot. And the crazy part about it is everybody, it's not just the teams and the players and the TV companies. All those restaurants around the ballparks, all those people that work at those restaurants and work in the ballparks and work in parking—everything is dependent upon the eighty-one nights, eighty-one home nights they have. Yes, rhyme music.
0: So we all can agree: baseball, probably basketball. Yep. Uh, I know we don't pay much attention to it, but hockey also has an eighty-two-game regular season. Would football also be a sport that would benefit from fewer games or are they right about in that sweet spot where it's just enough?
2: I think they're in that sweet spot. I really do. I I think college football, one of the things that people, everybody's like, well, it's so easy, man. Just have everybody has a championship. Decide, you know, eliminate the college, the, the, the Big Ten or Big 12 championship game, you know, and then have. Eight conference champions, and then have, like, that sounds great, but the winning team, the winning team, the, the two teams in the finals will play 16 games. That's too many games. Too many games. The, the only thing that's missing in the NFL is that second bye week. It's all you need to do push back the Super Bowl, you know, one week and have two bye weeks in the season. I think if you do that, I think they're in the sweet spot. NBA, just too many games. It's too long a season. Plus, remember, they've added games to the playoffs over you know a couple years ago when they went to seven games in every series they've added more and more games major league baseball 162 it's too many hockey 82 too many especially as many teams get in the playoffs now none of this is ever it's just like man teachers should make six figures like that sounds great but that money's one got to come from somewhere right And, you know, look, once teachers get tenured, even if they stink, it's hard to get the hard to get the bad ones out and promote the good ones. This is like the conversation people have about uh, socialism or communism. right? Like you should, in a perfect world, be able to go about, do your job, make, you know, you don't have to worry about money. Everything's taken care of. You just go and do your job and you live in a nice house and you have good health care and you have good schools. Like that sounds great. The problem is that people want to be rewarded for great achievements and they don't mind if people fall by the wayside for not working if for not working hard. All of these things in a bubble sound good human nature ends up taking over and ruining it. So Anthony Rizzo's not wrong, you're not wrong. All these seasons could be shortened, but good luck in telling anybody who's making money off of the additional inventory, "Hey, we can't do that. You know, you make too much money." Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Let's bring in a voice of a guy who played in the NFL, was a great quarterback in college, head coach of Texas Tech. Uh, the Red Raiders have produced a litany, a litany of talented quarterbacks. I mean, think about this. From his time at Houston, Case Keenan was there for six years, lighting up football. Uh, to his time at a when he had Johnny Manziel. To his time at Tech where um, he didn't have them all, I believe, at the same time, but in succession he had... Davis Webb, Baker Mayfield, and then Pat Mahomes. Who knows quarterbacks better than the quarterback himself? Cliff Kingsbury, Texas Tech head coach, joins us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Um, shouldn't you get a portion of all of their checks? That's what needs to be arranged and all this stuff. Cliff, is I get listen? You come to me, I'll show you how to play quarterback. But I need I need just a a percent or a half
1: percent. <laughs> yeah, because they don't pay us well enough as college coaches. Fair that, enough. That, that, would, that would go over well.
2: <laughs> at, 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 listen, at the time when you're just coming up early on, I think you could make that. Yeah, up I could have
1: used it. That quality control position at you, you of age wasn't paying a ton. I um, could have taken some of that.
2: When when you were at Houston, I look. Like, I remember when I remember when Case tore his knee up. I remember the numbers. I remember how long he played, and there was always this. Well, you know, system that system, and he's small and arm strength questions. Um, did you see what he's been able to do this year as a distinct possibility?
1: I did. I thought he was phenomenal then. I thought he should have been a first round pick. Um, I I think it's interesting. Now you have a a six foot Baker Mayfield, who I'm very familiar with. He's a tremendous player, you know, being talked about as a top five pick. And you had Case Keenum, who was a tremendous player when he played the UCLA's, the Oklahoma States, the, the, Texas, Texas, the bigger schools, he played his best games. He, you know, was a free agent, had one even opportunity to sign with any teams. And you're talking about a kid, you know, five or six years later being a top five pick. So it just shows how wild the draft is and, and how many different opinions there are. But I always thought Case had it in him. Uh, he persevered like crazy to get where he's at and couldn't be happier for him and opportunities in right now.
2: I I remember, and I don't know if you recall this interview, um, you had just gotten the job at Tech, and you and I were talking, I actually asked you a question about Menzel, and you said at the time, uh, you said, hey, look, if he really locks in on the film room and kind of digs into what it takes to be an NFL quarterback— um, he could, he could be something special that that's actually what you told me. And only now a couple of years after the fall of Johnny Manziel, as he come out and said like, look, I didn't, I didn't work hard. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't prep. It wasn't until year two. And I, really by year two, it was, it was, it was too late. H- how much of what ended up being his downfall did, did you see coming?
1: I, 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 <laughs> I knew he would have to change dramatically, and I was hoping it would be in a situation where he had a veteran guy that could kind of show him the ropes and, and wanted to help him, and, and uh, he would buy into what it takes to be an elite NFL quarterback because the skill level is there. It always has been. People will say whatever they want to say. Oh, he can't play it, but he can. It's just he has literally never tried up to this point. Um, so I, I kind of thought if if he didn't figure it out that – this could could be a problem, um, but it sounds like he you know he's trying to get it figured out and take that next step and come back and revive his career and I hope he can can make that happen.
2: He said, "Hey, Cleveland, that they should have known." Did they call you?
1: Yes, yes. Um, and I, I how think, honest were you with them? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, as honest as I, I needed to be, I guess. I, I mean, you're not going to say, "Yeah, he doesn't work at it." I mean, he doesn't try. He's just phenomenal football player and, and very athletic and get away with a bunch of stuff um, you know but that, that was it and I think they, they had enough understanding of that that he was going to have to mature when it came to work ethic and, and studying and, and understanding um, what it takes to, to be a franchise guy but he, in my opinion he was worth the risk because if he did do that the sky was the limit and unfortunately he didn't in his first few years and then hopefully he, he you know, now can, can go down the right path
2: Cliff Kingsbury, head coach, Texas Tech, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I, I think many people remember you had an incredible career at Tech. Uh, you won the, the Sammy Baugh Trophy. Um, um, you know, you were, I think you were the like the, the national play, AP Offensive Player of the Year in, in 2000, 2002, um, backup of a couple teams. You actually went to Canada. You went to Europe, I know, and played for a year. You went to Canada for a year. I, I think Johnny is now open to the idea of, of Canada, what I said was like, "Look, it sounds great that he's open to the idea of Canada, but there's a bunch of guys that go up there that can actually spin it, that can sling it. How, how competitive is it at the quarterback position to play in Canada?
1: It, it's really talented up there. Um, that's a position they take a lot of pride in their development. Um, the guys that seem to lock in, you know, those seven or eight spots, stay there for a long time because they're good players and they understand that that style of play." So it's not like you just roll up there and take over. Um, I think it's a very competitive league. I think, you know, guys, year in and year out, try to make that transition, thinking it's just going to be easy. But um, there's really, really good players up there when you're talking about quarterbacks.
2: Um, Is it? Can you? Do you think that it's it's a like? Is it a a possible transition? Go up there for a year, for two years, and make it back in the NFL? Or do you do you? I like look. I only saw the spring tape. It wasn't great, but the surrounding talent wasn't great. It felt like high school footage, right? Where they're shot from like field, field level. Like if he calls you and he says, Cliff, what, what, what would you do? Like, do you, you, what do you advise him?
1: I I say go up there and play. I I do think he's a tremendous talent. I know he is. I've been around these guys that are, you know, top five picks and case and, and Pat are both starting um, now in the NFL and, and he's right there. He has it. It's just, proving to people he can he can grind and work at it each and every day and so i I think that's that's the path he's still very young he could get back to the league 27 28 which is when quarterbacks are hitting their prime and and so i hope he, he continues to play and continues to um do all the right things
2: Cliff Kingsbury, head coach of Texas Tech, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. You have this kind of unique, all these incredible quarterbacks that are either getting ready for the NFL, playing in the NFL. Davis Webb, we don't really, we don't, we don't, we haven't seen in an NFL uniform. We saw him play some for you. He obviously played very well after he left when you when he got Mahomes. He saw the handwriting on the wall and he went and he was, he was tremendous with Cal. Um, how do How do you compare and contrast a lot of people are wondering, do the Giants go out and draft a quarterback and other people within the Giants organization like look we got we got davis he's got some talent. Um, how would you describe Davis Webb to somebody who hasn't seen him play?
1: One of those gym rat type kids, his dad was a high school football coach and a tremendous mind for the game, the hardest worker I've, I've probably ever been around. Just consumed by it. Um, no football inside out. He's 6'5", 230 pounds. Has a cannon. Accurate quick release. I mean, everything you want. I, I think people just want to see him play. And I think the more he plays, the more snaps he gets, the better he's going to get. Um, really didn't get a ton of, of snaps in college because, you know, Baker was here his freshman year and then Patrick came along. So he was kind of in and out of our lineup. Played really well senior year at Cal. And I just think... The more he plays, the better he's going to get because the work ethic is there, the skill set is there, and and I'm excited to see what he can do. I think Pat Shermer being there, who's a brilliant quarterback, mind, brilliant offensive mind, is going to do wonders for Davis, and and I do think he has the ability to to be a, a starter in that league.
2: All right, so help me out with the Baker thing, um, because Baker walked on and then he, he beat him out, right? And then right. and then you and then you started to lose, and then Davis came back. Did, did Davis get hurt? Like, how did the whole Baker and Davis thing work out?
1: yeah Baker um, we named Baker the starter and he played well he got hurt so Davis came in Davis was playing well so we kind of rode the hot hand then we went back to Baker at the end um, and we just really had a miscommunication probably on on my part more than anything and, and Baker decided to transfer and so Davis became the starter. And then Patrick came in, and Davis got hurt, and Patrick took over. And and uh, so we had some some musical chairs there, quarterback, with all really tremendous players that are all going to make a living playing the NFL. So I was fortunate uh, to be around those guys, and it was a fun run.
2: Okay, so help me out with Baker. Um, I talked to an NFL GM, Cliff Kingsbury, joined us on the Doug Gottlieb show. I talked to the NFL GM Friday, and he's like, "Look, I know people want him to be Russell Wilson, but he's not." Um, he's got a little, a case to him. Um, he's got, he's got Manziel, but he doesn't have the off the field stuff that people want Manziel to be, but he's, he's not, he's not as athletically talented. The arm strength isn't quite what Russell's is. How would you, how would you characterize him as a quarterback? You see the position so much differently than the rest of us who just cover sports see it. How would you kind of describe Baker as a guy who walked in as a walk-on, became your starter, then obviously left and set the world afire with Oklahoma?
1: Yeah, I think he, he has a tremendous football mind. He picks things up very, very quickly. That That's what blew me away at first. He, he got here late in the summer and was able to pick up our offense at a high enough level to become the starter. Um, you know, accurate passer, his teammates love him, has a real charisma about himself. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that, that quarterback. As you know, that position is about being in the right place at the right time, the right fit, the right situation. But I will say this: every he's been doubted at every level, and every time he's wildly been wildly successful. Um, so I'm excited to see where he goes and, and what he'll be able to do.
2: There is though. There is there's something about him though that like you like him, but you can't. Like, I don't know. He, he, he does feel like a guy who wants to fight every fight, right? Who wants to <laughs> prove everybody wrong. I mean, even, even how it ended with you, right? Where it's right. like, Hey dude, I gave you a chance. And then you said miscommunication, you, you've always taken the high road in it. Like how, how does you've been in the NFL? You know, there's, there's as big egos, it might be a quarterback. There's just as big or bigger egos with coaches and with front office people and with, with owners, especially uh, how does that, how does that act play?
1: I think he's used it as a, as a source of motivation obviously, but at some point you, you got to pick your battles and focus on what's important and and that's uh being successful at that position and making sure that there's harmony in the locker room and guys respect you and, and you know your your gm and your personnel people are in line with you and, and like how you act and how you carry yourself and your coaches as well. So I, I think he'll figure that out. That's a grown man's league and, and they don't play any of that stuff um, <laughs> to that extent. And um, he's a sharp kid. And I, I think he'll know what battles to, to pick up, up at that level.
2: Cliff Kingsbury joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show. I I watched Pat Mahomes play for you and everyone you're blown away by the arm talent. Some of the athletes, and there, there's a lot of stuff footwork wise. He had to kind of clean up and you get away with in, in college. Uh, Look, Kansas City trade away Alex Smith, who's had a career year because they they believed that much in Pat Mahomes. What's the ceiling for Pat?
1: I think it's through the roof. I just watching his progression from from when we got him in high school, which he was on a great high school program and had great high school coaching, but was really raw, was more of a baseball player doing football as an afterthought. And to get here and and watch him from year one to year three and, and then even watching him in that. You know, one game at the end of the year. His understanding of protections and defenses and his mechanics, his footwork, how much he's tightened it up. I mean, his, his God-given ability is insane. And, and being in a situation with Andy Reid, who's known for, for developing quarterbacks and a great offensive mind with those weapons, I just think Kansas is going to have a lot of fun over the next 12 years watching that kid play, and, and he's just going to get better and better.
2: Okay, so you've coached all these guys. Is he is he uh, pronouncedly better than the others in terms of his talent
1: you know I, I think the arm talent yes as far as i mean not many people can throw a ball 85 90 yards of football i mean it's just crazy and he platform. can throw a ball
2: 85 90 yards that feels that feels like i went fishing with i went fishing <laughs> and i caught a fish that was this big and it's for really 85 <laughs> 90 yards nobody can do that
1: he can throw I bet he can throw it 85 yards
2: he what's the furthest you can throw a football
1: not that far <laughs> <laughs> but he uh i just think you know he is able to to make these throws from in that in the nfl it's a small space that so you got to be able to get stuff into those big linemen pushing your face and he can get the ball out with velocity and with accuracy from the smallest space from the different platforms from off balance he's just able to do ridiculous things and then you, you surround him with that great cast he's going to have with a great offensive mind and it's, it's going to be a lot of fun
2: all right, uh, last thing, and I want to get to around to your team for a second. Um, you mentioned, and you're you're right, I mean, like the real thing in sports is it's not just about how good you are. It's got It's like all kind of got to line up, right? Like you got to have a coach. You got, everybody's got to believe in you. Then you got to get the right offense. You got to get protection. You got to get my guys make plays. Sometimes you got to get a little help. Sometimes you got to sit while, like I've had people tell me, hey, Josh Allen can make him be a star, but he's got to sit the first year. Whereas Baker feels like a guy that because of his football IQ, he's got to play right away. But there are some things to the type of system he needs to play in, in order to be successful. What is that system and does it exist in the NFL?
1: I think what what I've seen and, and what you're seeing around the NFL is, is coaches really being more about adapting to, to guy's strengths at that position. You get a young guy and he's got to play, well guess what? Let's give him something that he's comfortable at doing, otherwise we're just gonna lose. If if we're trying to force, you know, this square into a round hole by having him do these big seven step drops or these concepts he's not used to. Well, let's give him stuff he's comfortable with. Put him in shotgun, do pop passes, do play action, do things that he's really good at and play to his strengths. And so I definitely think he can he can su- succeed. I think you got to have a coach that's willing to adapt to his skill set and his strengths, which is how it is for any quarterback. He's going to play at a young age and and go from there.
2: I heard you were um you struggled with your your spring game. You just you you were somebody who you want everything to be perfect. And you, you struggle with your, how do you, how do you manage that? Because now like a spring game is one of those things as fans, we go, we want to see something that makes us salivate over it. But now we don't see your team for like five or six, you know, four or five months here. How do you handle that? That I want to perfect things, but you don't have another game the next week
1: to fix things. Yeah, that's tough. You you think about it for a while, but um, as an offensive guy, you know, the spring game is tough because you want to be vanilla. You're not game planning for anything. And the defense has seen you for the previous 14 practices. And so you are. it's really a struggle. So you walk away always frustrated, and then you look at it and you say, hey, as long as we did this, this, and this, it's okay. Um, so I usually walk away from the spring game from an offensive perspective struggle um, frustrated. But um, it is what it is. The toughest part, like you said, is not being able to get back out there and have a game where you can correct what you need to correct.
2: All right, well, listen, uh, enjoy Lubbock. We'll talk soon. I really appreciate an unbelievable amount of insight on so many guys that everyone wants to know and who would know better than you. Thanks for joining us, man.
1: Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it, man.
2: All right, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, head coach of uh, the Red Raiders of Texas Tech, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Let's uh, welcome in Mike Soch, a longtime manager for the Los Angeles Angels. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Um it was I know weird couple of days, right? When you're in Kansas City, terrible weather. He was supposed to pitch on Sunday and then he doesn't pitch till Tuesday and he, he has he has that blister. Did, did you know of the blister before he started last night, Sosh?
3: Uh, he had had the blister dug a little bit towards the end of spring training when he was working on um, his split finger. Uh, it wasn't an issue. He says it's a good sign when he gets it. Uh, it didn't really affect him his first two starts. Uh, he threw the ball very well and um, started off yesterday, uh, warmed up well, got into the game, and it just kind of, uh, it kind of reappeared a little bit. Um, so this is all a process he's been through before we're pretty confident that it's manageable and uh we'll we'll go day by day and hopefully he's on board for his next start
2: okay when you're sitting there in the dugout in spring training we're all watching it and we're like all right maybe the kid doesn't have it what what were what were your thoughts when you when you saw him he struggled some pitching he struggled some hitting as well What, what was your honest thoughts on what What were your honest expectations and what we would see from Otani to start the year?
3: Well, first of all, there's no doubt that Shohei had it and has it. Um, And we knew this before we even had a conversation with him in the winter. Uh, um, This guy is a special talent. And, um, you know, just watching all the video and uh, when he was pitching against some of the top major league hitters who go over on the Japan tour, um he was he was going through them like uh you know, warm knife through butter. It was unbelievable how well his stuff played. His stuff is really it's um uh you know, it's it's uh it's unique stuff and it's premium stuff. And so you know it's in there. Now in spring training as he kinda of was getting acclimated, uh he would show signs of what we were looking for, but it wasn't there until really a couple times in his last couple workouts you started to say okay this is where he's putting pitches together this is what he's working on okay i can see that coming and uh and the first start in Oakland it was there so um so he's ready for the challenge uh, last night was obviously one we'll turn the page on but uh you know Shohei is um his talent is real
2: what what has he shored up hitting what is he what has he changed uh obviously i mean there's a his hitting style we've seen at least once before, right? But we've we never saw Ichiro with this type of power. What has he changed from spring training as he's kind of adjusted to major league pitching?
3: Well, I think he kind of has um, has settled into a, um, a a mechanic that he used in in Japan before. It's a little bit less of a kick, but he still is, is loading and generating power. Uh, and I think that uh, just just to help. Uh, give him a little, more, little better margin of error on the timing aspect of it. He went to this until I think he starts to learn pitchers a little bit more, and he's been hitting the ball very hard. So we're, uh, you know, we're excited that uh, you know when he's in the batter's batter's box. All
2: right, lost in everyone's fascination with him, and of course, watching Trout is something I've paid attention to. When you got Anderson Simmons, everybody said, "Hey, defensively up the middle, Angels got that thing, best defensive uh, shortstop in baseball." But can't hit, right? No power at all. And then last year, tremendous season. You're like, all right, maybe that's the an outlier. And he started out this year hitting well. What have you guys changed with Anderson Simmons?
3: Well, you know, I think Anderson is um, is a hitter that uh, started off um, in Atlanta and, and showed that he's, uh, he's a guy that can hit the ball out of the park. Um, uh, he's not trying to do that now, but he definitely had more offense in him than he showed a couple of years ago with us. Uh, he's hitting the ball harder. He's using the whole field, which I think is, is important in the type uh, of hitter that anderson is. And when he gets a pitch um, you that know, he can drive, um, he's, he hits it hard and has a chance to hit it out of the park. So he's uh, a much-improved offensive player. I shouldn't say much-improved. I think he's settled in. He knows the league. He's comfortable. Uh, he's definitely uh, um, you know, better in the batter's box now than he was a couple years ago with us.
2: Mike Socia joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Angels, even though they lost last night, thirteen and four to start this season, and the run differential, special, um, a couple of things that you guys are working through: a six-man rotation, uh, juggling all these kind of different moving parts. What's that like for you? I, I don't believe there's ever been a time in your long career as a manager you've had the six-man rotation. You've had this this number of guys you're trying to trying to work in. What are the challenges to that depth of starting pitching?
3: Well the reality is, uh with with the off days we've had, we've actually only been at five men for uh for most of the season. Uh we'll add a six men coming up this weekend. A six man, and then uh we've got some off days so uh we'll see when um you know, we'll see how we might adjust the roster, uh, you know, with those off days and how things you know, that affects some things. But um I don't think it's been uh it's been tough for us. I think the pitchers understand it. They might be pitching some day on normal rest, uh Someday, on uh, you know, they'll get that that sixth day. And right now, Otani's been throwing once a week, so um, we're working around some things, and and uh, hopefully that'll settle in because it's an important part of our club.
2: All right, he said he's he wants to play more. He obviously wants to hit more, and you have to balance it. Right there has to be he has the schedule as a pitcher, and then you're trying to work him in as a hitter and as a DH. Plus, you got you know Pujols, who so you want a DH as well. Um, what's your general sense of how much you can increase his workload as a hitter as you get further into the season?
3: Well, right now we're playing as much as we possibly can uh, within reason. Uh, there's no doubt that at some point he's got to take off that uh, you know that batting helmet and put his uh, baseball cap on and be a pitcher. Either uh, throwing his bullpen, getting ready for his next start, uh, you know, recovering after he pitches, and then he put the batting helmet on and become a hitter again. Uh, we're going to balance it, um, and Shohei understands this. I think that, uh, in, you know, when he was asked the question, he said, like any player, you want to play more, uh, but he understands the situation right now, and um, and knows that there has to be a balance of what he can bring in the batter's box and on the mound.
2: Uh, you know, look baseball has has obviously changed in the past couple of years to where it's, you know, strikeout, walk, home run. No better embodiment of that than your team. You, you lead the American League in home runs, 26 so far on the year. And this is off a night to which the other team was hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Um, is, you know, look, I saw Bryce Harper hit a broken bat one out of the park. Like, is this, is this swing plane? Is this the fences being moved in? Is this the ball? Like, so, so how, how has this happened to where we took performance enhancing drugs out of the game? And yet now all of a sudden, the last couple of years, the ball is just flying out of the park. Well, I think there's been a combination of things. I
3: think that, uh, you know, I don't know if there's any era in baseball where you have had, um, you know, so much power and power swings infused into a game. Um, even guys that maybe, uh, you know, are on the verge of being, uh, not really being home run hitters are uh, experimenting with getting some extension and getting the ball in the air and hitting the ball hard. Um I think that uh, although uh, a lot of organizations and there's there's a train of thought where strikeouts just another out. We don't believe in that, uh, but some clubs are really uh, forgo a two strike approach to just try to hit the ball hard all the time, and uh, that'll lead to more strikeouts. But on the other side, it uh, you know will lead to um, you know higher exit velocity and possibly you know, more uh, slugging percentage in the form of home runs or doubles or whatever. So I think there's a lot of things going on in baseball. Um, I think we're a team that has this potential. Uh, you know, this is the first time we have had Justin Upton for a whole year. We only had Justin Upton for 30 days last year. And putting a guy like that in the middle of your order uh, certainly makes it, uh, you know, makes it better for any hitter that's in there to, to hit the ball. You know that uh, Ian kinsler has got the potential to hit um, home runs. You know, Zach Kozart hit... Uh, Twenty plus last year in Cincinnati, uh, so I, I think we do have power within our um, our lineup. And right now, the guys have been hot; they're hitting the ball out of the park, and um, you know we hope it continues.
2: You know, you know, look, you started off the year against a Cleveland team that's a playoff caliber team, right? Then, then you sweep uh, Texas, you know, a usually a playoff caliber team. But I, I kind of, I kind of wonder if. And it's not just this homestand. After the homestand, you go to the, the, the champion. You go to Houston, then back with the Yankees. This feels like a really good litmus test early on to see exactly where you guys are, considering, I think, and I don't know what your expectations are, but you're exceeding everybody else's expectations. These next 10 games or so, is that a really good test for where the Angels should expect to be once we get you know to the end of summer?
3: Well, you know, Doug, to be honest with you, uh, every schedule, every game on the schedule is a tough game, and you've got to play well when you're playing in the major leagues uh, to, to win a ball game. So I don't really look at uh, who we're playing or where we're playing, but how we're playing the game. And I don't really see this as any any test because, um, you know, what's going to happen here in April if we play really well in these 10 days uh, is not going to have any bearing on where you are at the end of the year. There's too much baseball left. So I, I think that uh, in context of facing good teams, um, sure, we're, we're going to face good teams and you're going to face good bullpens. And you have to play at a certain level to beat these guys, to get the game on your terms and hold leads. Uh, but I don't think that um, it's necessarily the litmus test to see where we are or how our team's going to fare for the whole season this next week. Um, we know the challenge in front of us. We know what we have to do. We know where we have to improve. And that's what we're going to focus on the, to, to get better through the summer. And we feel we're a, caliber, a championship caliber club. And the only way to do that is to go out there and play hard every day and, uh, and get it done.
2: Where is that? Where is that Where is that place of most improvement that's needed, Sosh?
3: Well, I think that if you look at where our rotation's been, our starting rotation, just in uh, these first couple uh, weeks, it's been a little bit in a state of flux. You know, Andrew Heaney was out for a while and just came back. Nick Tropiano just came back. Uh, you know, we lost J.C. Ramirez for yeah. the year. Um you know, we're still waiting on Matt Shoemaker to see when he's going to pick up a ball, but hopefully he'll pick it up and be able to come back. So, you know, we did get nicked up in the beginning. We're trying to find that continuity on the pitching side, where you know we're actually averaging less than five innings of start for from our from our starters, and that's that you know that's just not sustainable. Uh, and our bullpen, although I think we're seeing some good things evolve, uh, you know, we're throwing we've thrown more innings than anybody in our league you know, out of the bullpen, so. You know, we can't sustain that. We need to get a little bit of balance there. So I think that will improve during the season. And I think we have a good lineup that matches up. Uh, our everyday lineup matches up against lefties or righties. And um, on the offensive side, I think we're, we're, we're going to continue to score runs.
2: You've obviously done this for longer than anybody consecutively in Major League Baseball. But I, I have to think there's a, there's a little different hitch in your giddy-up when you step on the field last night and there's 44-8. You know, last time against Oakland, forty-four-seven. I know some of it's Shohei Otani and obviously some of it's Trout. But but for people, for for people to recognize at least locally what this team can be, that that's got to make it different to go to the park every night. Well, we've
3: had great fan support here, um, you know, for years. We've drawn over three million fans uh, for I don't know how many straight years. But I think the. You know, the thing that gets us all excited is, is are, you know, are the players. Uh, we we have a deep team this year. I think we're good in a lot of important areas, and that makes it fun to go out there and know that um, it's not just what Mike Trout does that's going to, you know, be the, uh, you know, be the final uh, answer to how we play on a given night. Uh, we've got a deep club, and you uh, know, seeing you're seeing Albert Pujols uh, swing the bat better than he has in probably four or five years. I mean, he's really hitting the ball hard. Uh, you know, all these things are going to be important as we move through the season. So that's what we're excited about. And uh, if we can make the improvement on some of the things I, I talked about already with our rotation and our, and our bullpen, uh, we're, we're definitely going to have an exciting summer.
2: All right, you get Parcella tonight going against Skaggs. That should be a good one at uh, 7 at the Big A. Uh, Soch, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you joining us on a game day. Unfortunately, Shohei uh, wasn't able to stay in the game last night, but we appreciate you spending some time with us here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, Doug, thank you. All right, this is Mike Sosha, longest tenured manager in Major League Baseball, and the Angels off to a red hot 13 and 4 start